This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's the Dirty Dozen week. It's over. It's in the books. And the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here with you to recap and let you know everything that happened and how that's going to affect the future as we watch Matt Ryan's bum-ass throw another interception as I speak. Peek, 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 peek. I'm here, of course. It's your boy, oh. Tim. Here are my brother, Michael. What's up, Mike? What up, Tim? And the Dynasty Don himself, Matt Ward. What's good, Matt? What's going on, bro? So you've already heard the spiel in the beginning of this for the for the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. So I won't spiel you again. But what I will spiel you about is our patrons. You're getting spieled. Because guess what? If you join the Patreon, it's awesome. We love these people. It's crazy. Our patrons are, are great. It's our it's our Sunday community. We just uh, that's, that's what it is. It's a Sunday community. Everyone's constantly talking about uh, fantasy football in the chat. It's it's a great rapport with everybody. Um, the Brodo Bros get in there as much as possible. Matt gets in there as much as possible. Cass gets in there as much as possible. And there's a constant uh, talking and and start sits and all this stuff. And guess what? You can get that. And, uh, and DFS optimizers. And an extra episode per week. And so much more. Playing Brodo Leagues with us. So much more. I can't even think of it all off the top of my head. But patreon.com slash Fantasy is where to get that. And it also supports the show and it also supports the app, uh, which is the most important thing. We're trying to change the game here. We're trying to give everyone the ability to be an expert. Everything at your hands. We've been doing this for six years. And we're like, okay, what's every single stat we need? Let's all put it on an app in one place so everyone can be an expert if they want. That's what we're trying to do here, guys. Support it. Patreon.com slash Fantasy. All right. Um... Uh, so, guys, before we get into this, I do want to just go over something. Because Michael, you know, he's a gentleman. And he and a scholar. You're a gentleman and a scholar. But Michael, this Max. week, bro, we were playing uh, in my league. I'm, I have the second most points in the league. This son of a bitch right here has the first most points in the league. We're facing off against each other. The problem is I'm only 6-5 and five because the, the tables have not been the, – the, the gods have not been kind to me. I also have the – Second most point, points against in the league. So, with that being said, Michael goes ahead and starts Josh Jacobs against me. Goes off for 160 in a league that 160 is freaking ridiculous. 220 rushing yards. 
he oh had in 75 God. receiving yards. He went over 300 scrimmage yards. 11th game ever. Insanity. But we'll be talking about him soon. Yeah. Good. And this guy handed me an Good. L when I put up 145 points, which was the second highest point total of the week in the league. I did, in fact, hand you an L. My team has led the league in points even without Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. I got a powerhouse, kids. Yeah, powerhouse. Michael powerhouse. Does Michael does have I a mean, powerhouse. I'm not afraid to admit it. Michael is legitimately the best redraft player I've ever met. I'm standing right Good here, man. man. Matt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I can't. That's why I said I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's funny. Yesterday we were at the we were at my parents' house because we were having like a. So my dad takes all the leftover turkey and throws it in a soup, and he makes his Greek soup called oh, Avgolemenol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Let's is go. my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Oh, it's my favorite it's thing the ever. Favorite I, I, part. I don't even know what it is, and it's my favorite. Thing. <laughs> so we're there yesterday. We're all watching the games. We're having some fun, and. um I'm like, Michael's team is going off against me. And you know what? I'm like, you know what, Michael? I actually hope you win this year because, as everyone knows, but if you don't know, I'll remind <laughs> you, Michael has not won a championship in our home week ever. Um, and it, he's had the best team in the league. Several times. <laughs> several times, especially in the last few years. Like, it's been, it's been domination. And then he always loses in the semifinals. <laughs> it's been the curse. So, Michael, again, is dominating. And... Um, where 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 was I going with this? Oh, so I was like, oh, Michael, I'm actually rooting for you to win. And Jason goes, no, that's the only thing we got on him, man. That's the only thing we got. <laughs> if he wins the championship in this league, we're done. And I was like, yo, you know what? We're, you're right. Fuck it. I Michael, suck it. I hope you lose. All right. Uh, uh, what do you guys say? Uh, I know we're having fun with us three, but you want to uh, invite another one into the fold? I know who you're talking about. Oh, do you know who I'm talking about, Michael? Oh, of course I do. Who is it? Donnie Say his name. Say his name. <laughs> Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. It ain't a Monday without a little Donnie H. Donnie H. Man, I'm just going to become a singer. I think that's what it's going to be. I'm out. All right. Uh, so we got some big running back news right off the bat. This this news just broke a couple minutes before um, we even got on. Elijah Mitchell, uh, Coach Kyle Shanahan said that Elijah Mitchell is expected to miss six to eight weeks with a knee injury. It's yeah. a tear in that knee. Um, devastating news for Elijah Mitchell, the young man, because like this is a guy who is like in a six-round pick, came into the league, smoking hot. And then Christian McCaffrey, he's out touching Christian McCaffrey and producing. And now he gets he can't stay on the field, he gets hurt again. On top of all that, uh Kyle Shanahan says Christian McCaffrey is also injured. He has knee irritation and he's day to day. So obviously not ideal uh, for the 49ers. Michael, how are you reacting to this news? Yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, every time you watch him play, you're like, this dude is a baller. Like he can clearly play the running back position. But he just can't stay healthy, man. I don't know what he. I don't know if there is anything he can do about it. I mean, he is. I feel like he could probably get stronger. I don't know. Maybe try to bulk up more or something. But then that might take away from his. It's his team. running style, in all honesty, man. Yeah. The same like, reason that you like him is the same reason that he gets injured all the time. Is because that dude don't give a fuck about who he's running into. Yeah, and he always looks very good doing it. So it's a. Uh, it's Absolutely, upsetting, yeah. but I mean, if you have Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team, he's certain to get more work. I mean, Jordan Mason isn't going to be taking um, all of or, Elijah Mitchell's work by any means, or yeah. Tyrion Davis Price. So, no, 
Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's probably the biggest, um, you know, beneficiary here. Does does the knee irritation worry you at all? Hmm. Not not necessarily. What what even is it? Knee irritation. <laughs> it sounds like something that's like, hey man, we're gonna sit this guy for a couple of days. Yeah, maybe during practice. Yeah. It sounds like the NFL's version of what the NBA calls load management. Yeah. Uh, I man. agree. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's had his history with load managing. Yeah, yeah. and that's why they're like, all right, let's uh, let's unirritate this knee real yeah, quick. This is this sounds like hopeful thinking from both you guys. Uh, let's go move on to some more, some more hopeful thinking. Melvin Gordon uh, is now a Kansas City Chief. He's Matt doing called it. The almost the tour of the AFC West. Matt Matt did call it. Um, so Matt, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Melvin Gordon running back Kansas City Chiefs. How does this affect fantasy? I mean, it's an interesting play here for their system, obviously, and it it hurts Isaiah Pacheco undoubtedly because I think Melvin Gordon is a bit of a better pure runner, so to speak, than Jarek McKinnon is. Um, so Jarek McKinnon was already stealing all of the pass catching work. Melvin Gordon will take some of that, obviously. I would assume, um, but more so, it's I, Isaiah Pacheco's had four targets all season. Ronald Jones played 11 snaps for the Kansas City Chiefs and has more targets for them than Isaiah Pacheco does. He's just not a pass catcher. And what he does well is, you know, he's very fast and, and can utilize that zone stretch run system that they like to pull. And that's why you've seen him, you know, scores touchdowns and have 80 yards, 60 yards, 90 yards, so, so to say. But Melvin's definitely going to eat into that workload. And because he's been a volume dependent runner, like his last game was, you know, 67 for a touchdown. And if he doesn't find the end zone, that's 6.7 fantasy points because he's definitely not catching passes. Yeah. It, it hurts his outlook greatly. I think for Melvin Gordon, it's a good one. It's it's funny because Andy Reed, he's like, all right, let's see what you got, Rojo. And then immediately like, all right, let's sign another running back. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon, yeah. <laughs> look, look, I think it's just going to, for Melvin Gordon, obviously, he goes from someone you could spot start to maybe someone you could spot start again. I'm not sure if that's the case, but it definitely, like you said, it hurts Isaiah Pacheco. And it kind of muddles things, too, because you think it's either going to kill Isaiah Pacheco completely or it's going to create a, a, a shared backfield for three guys, which you don't want any part of that. Not good. Um, or it's going to be, yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the two options. Yeah, I mean, if you have Pacheco, you probably have at least, or I mean, it could be what I, Melvin Gordon taking on a three down workload. No, no. I don't think that's no, I was going to say, I almost like said that. And then I was like, no, no, yeah, exactly. I knew that's even, where you're going. Don't even waste time saying that. But Melgo was put on the practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the first week. I don't, I don't see why, yep. why they would Good rush point. him. So you probably get another week out of Pacheco getting 15 plus carries, but also, I think the Pacheco love is just ill-advised to begin with. One, he had a very good game against the Chargers, where every running back has a very good game. And two, when he had, what, 20 rushes this past week, it was because they were playing Bryce Perkins and the Rams. Like, put the Chiefs in a situation like this weekend against um, this week coming up. Who did, who did they play this weekend? I know it's a good game. It's like a Sunday Night Football game or something. But either way... Like, put Pacheco in a situation that isn't either the best matchup in the world or a clear, the Chiefs are a 15-point favorite situation, and the dude's not going to get 15-plus carries. Michael, you're right. The Chiefs put at the Bengals. 
this Sunday. Yeah, and Isaiah Pacheco, I guarantee you he doesn't see more than like 11 rushes. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, I'd be shocked if he got more than that. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris uh, did not practice on Monday. Good news for Ramondre Stevenson. Josh Allen uh, listed as a full participant in Monday. I mean, he's been on fire. He he kind of had a little dip, but he's back to being Josh Allen. Uh, Michael Carter, speaking Monday, Jets head coach Robert Salas told reporters that running back Michael Carter is questionable for week 13 with a low Ankle sprain. Now I want to do. I do want to mention because I just read that directly. This is from Roto World. Uh, so uh, this is this is actually quoted from Rich Camini, Rich Samini on Twitter, who's the Jets beat writer. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I think Michael's going to be talking about Mr. Zonovan um, tomorrow. Tomorrow for sure, and maybe I think Matt, you're going to talk about him a little later. Um, just a little. Yeah, Zonovan, great name. Like one of the Zonovan one of the night. top names. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the history of football. You know, you know what he like went by the entire time in college? What? They called him Bam. Bam. Bam Knight. Yeah. He's the first, uh, well, he's the Fire. only only <laughs> rookie this year to total 100 yards in their first active game. Oh. Undrafted. Uh, Dar- sorry. Uh, we'll talk about him more. We'll talk about yeah. him more. Darnell Mooney, uh, unfortunate, Oof. out for the season. Um, I think one thing that you could... You could take away if you're a Bears fan from this season is Darnell Mooney's, Mooney's an excellent wide receiver. Like, I know you took that last year. He had a good year, but now he's backed up. Like, and he's he's created catches that shouldn't have been catches on multiple occasions and creates after the catch and is able to separate, get open. Uh, hopefully he, he comes back. This is an ankle injury. It looks like it's going to be season-ending uh, for Darnell Mooney. So, uh, I, I mean... I hope he comes back. Shout out to Darnell Mooney. Uh, does this hurt his dynasty value in any way, Matt? Absolutely, but only in the sense that he now finishes a season that will end without any production to uphold um, his current value, which will inevitably be snuffed out by the Bears adding more receiver depth this offseason. I think I think he might be a dynasty buy for me, Mr. Donald Mooney. If people, I mean, what know. did Mooney even do this year for fantasy, though, Tim? I mean, it's he didn't do anything game. for fantasy. He's a good player, though. Yeah, but you, first, you have to bet on. I, I, mean, I you know how I feel about Justin Fields. I am more prowess, on. So. I am more on the Justin Fields bandwagon than you are. Yeah, but say, say so. Say the Bears get the I don't know sixth overall pick and then an early second and, and there will be lots of receiver talent in the early second and, and what if they you know get a little crazy and want to reunite fields with with a former college teammate that although has been injured is one of the best prospects that we've scouted in a long time in jackson smith and jingba then what how do you feel about darnell mooney <laughs> i don't know we'll have to we'll have to find out a lot wait and see <laughs> all right let's go to uh this one uh Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said Joe Mixon is still in the concussion protocol. Uh, as if it's clockwork, a backup running back for Joe Mixon comes through and has a better game than Joe Mixon has. Clockwork. Uh, Ravens designated J.K. Dobbins to return from injured reserve. Look, that team needs all the help it could get. They are vo- devoid of talent. It's crazy. Oh, man, it's it's Greg Roman. I don't care. who They, they could add... Jerry Rice and Joe Mont. Well, I guess they have Lamar, but they could add Jerry Rice and Barry Sanders tomorrow morning. And it, it it's Greg Roman does not understand how to call a winning offense. That's a that's quite the that's quite the statement there. That's that is quite. The I hate what do you, him. What do you, I mean, it's a college type offense. That's that's the issue with the 
running quarterbacks. We've never seen a running quarterback win anything big because once you get to the, you know, the the big games against the top defenses, you're going to need to be able to pass the ball effectively. Lamar has shown that he can pass the ball effectively. Yes. But not throwing to Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay. Like with this, Facts. there's no way he's going to be able to pass the ball effectively in the playoffs with this receiving core. And it's, you know, it, it yes, you could blame it on the offensive coordinator for sure, but at the same time, you have these, you're throwing at these guys and their third string tight end comes in and he's the leading receiver. It's just like revenge game for Josh Oliver. Yeah. So it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's like, damn, like it, it's just so devoid of yep. talent that they're throwing to a third string tight end and that's like the main weapon that's a that's an issue um lions head coach dan campbell said it would take a lot when asked about the possibility of jameson williams play williams playing week 13 i don't know why i read that of course duh um let's keep going with the news here Kadarius tony chiefs head coach andy reed said Kadarius tony is considered day-to-day with the hamstring uh aaron Rodgers. this one's interesting uh, aaron Rodgers says that he felt like he could have punctured a rib Yesterday, Jordan Love came in, played well. Um, are you worried about the about maybe this is uh, this this is a, this is interesting. Now I'm not saying he's lying, but an MRI came back negative. He didn't puncture a rib. Everything's fine. This would be puncture a, a lung. Puncture a lung. Excuse me. That's what I meant with with the rib. Um, this would be a, a quite the time to be like, hey, you know, Aaron, take a couple games off. We're not really going anywhere. Uh, we got you locked up for a few years now. Why don't you take a couple of days? I think that's Jordan Love looked awesome, bro. <laughs> like, really I'm not going to lie. Yeah, against the Eagles. I mean, it was kind of like a game was so out of hand. Um, at Well, I mean, it was a really competitive game, but obviously at that point they were down two scores. Um, so, you know, there might have been a bit of uh, lackadaisical defensive narrative there, but he looked awesome. Uh, Michael, your juggernaut team is going to get a little better. Uh, Jamar Chase, NFL Network reports that Jamar Chase is expected to play in Week 13 against the Chiefs. Woo! Yeah, the the Bengals probably made the right decision sitting him for one more week against Tennessee. They're looking to yeah. make a deep playoff push again. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year. I think that's that's what they're looking to to do once more. And you you want Jamar Chase healthy for that, so I think it made sense sitting him for one more week. Uh, this one is one that's going to hurt. Uh, right tackle Tristan Worfs is expected to miss three to four weeks with a ankle injury. Um, the, he's one of the better ones in the league. So uh, not good for the guy who's protecting Tom Brady who can't move. And Tom Brady also, what do you think? Are you guys buying that this is maybe father time finally getting to Tom Brady? Maybe. I mean, father time and, and obviously like – Going through what he's going through, you know, whatever, all jokes aside, it's probably not the best um, stabilizer for your mental acuity. Mental acuity. The words that you're only getting here on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Penis. I just had to, to like, you know, balance mental acuity. Those other words you will only get. It's just sometimes you just got to balance where where this is at. Uh, No better way to balance than to yell penis. (laughs) Travis Etienne, NFL Network, Cameron Wolf said, uh, Wolf, excuse me, says that Travis Etienne was cleared to return in week 12 against the Ravens, but they decided to keep him out uh, just to be cautious. Well, that's pretty good news. Uh, If you are the 
rosterer, if you were the manager of Travis Etienne. Matt, did your heart stop beating? Yes. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that I was I was shook. I was I was pretty shook. Nobody loves ETN more than I do. Um, obviously have a very high roster ship for that reason in, in multiple leagues. So that one hurt. But uh to know that he's, you know, okay and obviously was hoping it wasn't a recurrence of the Liz Frank injury that kept him out his rookie season. Um, yeah, good news on the front. He should practice this week as well as what the beats are reporting. So good to go. What the beats are reporting, it sounded like you said what the pizza's pouring. And I had some pizza this weekend. I'm I'm lactose intolerant, and I I went for it anyway because it was Thanksgiving weekend, and it was the most delightful thing I've ever had. It's amazing. Pizza is amazing. I know I'm not saying anything new to anyone, but I never eat pizza. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to eat pizza, Tim. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So that's it for the news. Besides the fact that Deshaun Watson is going to be reinstated from his 11th game, 11 game uh, suspension. Um. I mean, I would bet the house that he sucks right away. He hasn't played in like two years. I, I'd bet the house that his first—it's it's, going to be a rough, a rough time. To in Texas, yeah, yeah. In Houston, rather. In yeah. Houston, I mean, it's that's gonna right. Be a, it's going to be tough. It's going to be mean, tough. I uh, mean, then again, I mean, that, that was done on purpose. That Texas <laughs> team, no bro. That, that that is probably the worst team in the league, without a doubt. Yeah, but That's they've a, got a good defense. Stanley uh, and Peter are, are are pretty good. All right, man. Whatever. What? All right. Greenard as well. All right, let's get into our first category. How about good that? Defense. Let's get into our first category. Let's it do is, it. Um, of course, the surprise. I mean, not so the surprise. Right? What am I talking about? The things that Come we on, saw coming. Come on, get your head in the game. I know, man. The things that we saw coming. Bad. Who's your first? We saw that coming. Oh, my, I'm up first. All right, you cool. Are well, then, Rashad yeah, where, White. Where's the transition? <laughs> Let's just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't need no segue. Rashad White. I, I saw that coming. We, we all saw that coming. Brodo's a, a Rashad White loving family. Uh, he posted his second consecutive game over 100 scrimmage yards. He had 109 this past week, uh, rushing for 64 on 14 attempts and catching all nine of his targets for 45 yards against the Browns. He was second on the team in targets, second on the team in receptions, second on the team in receiving yards behind Chris Godwin. Uh, this. This is exactly what I've been talking about for almost two years since his up and comings uh, at Arizona State. His natural ability as a receiver gives him that cheat code label we all want from running backs and PPR formats. I said earlier on the last pod, like there's no reason to believe that White's takeover will stop at rushing attempts alone. The Buccaneers rookie is potential to be a league winning asset if his ever growing opportunity share bleeds into Fournette's receiving work. And yeah, kind of you know came at the cost of an injury to Leonard Fournette, but. Even prior to that, right? Because in week nine, we saw his rushing attempts more than Fournette when they were both healthy. Then in week 10, unfortunate injury led to 22 attempts for 105 yards. But with no Fournette and a continued changing of the guard, we're finally able to see the upside that Rashad White possesses. Um, no, like, okay, 45 yards is not overly efficient, but nine receptions, 23 total touches, 100 plus scrimmage yards, 90% snap share, 20.9% target share, 77.8% rushing share, and a 100% catch rate on said targets is something that every single manager should want on their rosters. I hope that you're right. Rashad White would make my team very, very good. The roster monster. Tim yeah. had Rashad White on his team this week. If he He's put still a, lost. <laughs> if you put a touchdown on that Rashad White line, everyone's everyone's talk talking about him being losing their damn mind. Yeah, everyone's losing their damn mind. I mean, mind. If, if there's a touchdown attached to that Rashad White line, he's a top twelve dynasty running back. By the way. 
I'm being I saw dead that serious. From a mile away. <laughs> there right. you go. There you go, Tim. I played the transition. Sorry about that. Uh, Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My first, we saw that coming. Keep it short and sweet here because everyone knows what he did. And it's Josh Jacobs. Um, no, 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 no. You keep it long and hard. All right? I mean, hey, long and bitter. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Look, Josh Jacobs, I said on the pod and I Bald. tweeted, don't be surprised when Josh Jacobs or Ken Walker leads the league in rushing this week. I expect him to go <laughs> back and forth in this game. And Josh Jacobs, look, barring Monday night, Monday night's not going to change a thing. He's going to lead the league in rushing this week. Yeah. <laughs> 33 <laughs> yeah. rushing attempts, 229 rushing yards, including the 86-yarder in overtime to end the game. Two rushing touchdowns, also seven targets, six receptions, and 74 receiving yards. And this was with him hurting his calf on Friday. He got a questionable tag, and out of nowhere, there was some speculation about, oh, maybe Josh Jacobs might be hurt. Yeah, okay. 40 opportunities. 4-0, 33 rush attempts, and seven targets. Absolute absurd workload. Just absolutely dominated. He had that game-winning type week. For like, if you have Josh Jacobs on your roster, you more than likely won this. Literally week. had a game-winning touchdown. Yeah, and a game-winning touchdown for the Raiders in overtime to secure a win over Seattle and keep their slim playoff hopes alive. I mean, not much else to say besides Josh Jacobs. Just what a game, Michael. Without what a that, sport. Michael. Without that, <laughs> without that, uh, without that run, I beat you by about a point and a half. Not true. Yes, it I is. I beat you by twenty. Yes, an eighty-six-yard touchdown run. Is 86 14, yard touchdown is 14.6 14.6 points even if i was a, already about to call him out for yeah, it even if there's a i remember you said by bonus, 20 earlier <laughs> i still beat you by five how did i do that math wrong earlier today you you do math I'm wrong. you were too excited is it because i'm you stupid were, you were uh looking for some copium <laughs> um yeah possibly all right um let's get into my first uh it's not stock up my first uh saw that coming it's amon ross st brown uh, we've kind of been teasing michael really has been teasing you guys with Amon Ra's gonna do it. Just wait. Amon Ra's gonna do it. And he keeps getting the the attention and he keeps getting the the targets and the catches and he keeps having decent games, but here comes the blow up, here comes the blow up, and he was right. The blow up came. Uh I mentioned in the podcast in the preview in the ultra in the ultimate preview that the Bills defense is not the same Bills defense that you remember from last year that shuts everyone down. They're hurt. Uh, they're vulnerable. And Amon Ross St. Brown took advantage of that on Thanksgiving uh, to the tune of 10 targets, 9 catches for 122 yards, and a receiving <laughs> touchdown. Uh, 7 yards what rushing. Yeah, 7 yards rushing just to, to, to boot. Um, and his upcoming schedule looks real, real nice. Jacksonville and Minnesota, who are both very uh, friendly to the wide receiver in the next two games. After, get, and after that, he's going to be a little bit the thing is, like, even when he plays a team like the Jets in Week 15, like, is Sauce going to be on him the whole game? No. And even if if Sauce is on him the whole game, that's not Sauce's game to be inside like that and play slot corner. So, if he's really kind of corner proof, unless you have a excellent slot corner, which is only like three teams in the entire NFL. So he's really matchup proof. I want to kind of like that, uh, the Cooper Cup type role where like. He's not yeah. just going to be manned up against one defender the entire game because he's just moving everywhere. Yeah. Right, and that's 100%. what makes Cooper Cup so absolutely unguardable. So, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, saw that coming. Matt, who's your first? Uh, second. Second saw that coming, Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, Trevor Lawrence equally deserves to be mentioned as a stock-up candidate this I agree. week. Because I agree. the once that once-crowned next-generational great 
quarterback talent. He certainly looked that part against the Ravens this past weekend. He completed a pinpoint 29 of 37 pass attempts for 321 and three touchdowns, no turnovers, and an absolutely surgical final drive where he completed seven of nine attempts for 78 yards and a touchdown, plus the two-point conversion that uh, Doug Peterson was ballsy enough to call that led the Jaguars to victory. And, man, honestly, the most impressive part of that drive for me is not even fantasy-related, but Lawrence's composure and his confidence under pressure against the defense that had already been banging him up and knocking him around all afternoon was just incredible to witness. So he opened that drive up with an errant incompletion on the first play and then was sacked hard by Calias Campbell for an 11-yard loss and a fumble that was recovered by their center, Luke Fortner. And then he completed a 17-yard strike on third, a fourth and five conversion, followed by six straight completions in a row for the win. Like, and for those that say that I don't watch the games, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, like... Lawrence, that was one of the more impressive drives of the season, period, Uh, let alone from a second year quarterback that has had the deck stacked against him his entire career thus far, essentially. And overall in the game, he completed it past six different wideouts, touchdown passes to three different wideouts, finished with 22.9 points uh, in four point touchdown leagues, obviously more in the six point premium leagues. He had a completion percentage of 78.4% despite being pressured on 66.4% of his dropbacks. He looked like the real deal against the Ravens and it led to what looks like to be a top six finish barring any heroics on Monday night football, which doesn't look like we're going to see that would obviously push him down the rankings. Uh, I mean, yeah, just another phenomenal week. And it was on crunch time where I said like anytime that he's against a, you know, bottom half, bottom 16 true matchup rank, he's 25 points per game or more and certainly showed out and showed up. Bada boom, bada bing. By the way, as Matt was uh, eloquently uh, putting it down on the mic, uh, George Pickens just made a incredible catch on the sidelines. That's what he does. Yeah, man, George Pickens is uh, impressive. He stands out on the field. Like when you're watching, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy's got what it takes. Um, with that being said, Michael, who's your second? We saw that coming. My second, we saw that coming is uh, let's keep it in the rookie wide receivers, huh? Since you're talking about George Pickens here, it's someone I've mentioned a lot on this podcast, and that's Garrett Wilson. Um, five receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. And he had four he had four receptions at half, and he only needed one more reception the rest of the game because the Jets um, ended up dominating the Bears, went very run-heavy in the second half, and uh, that was it. Um, they didn't need much of Garrett Wilson in the second half, but still, he had eight targets, a 27% target share, played 83% of snaps after playing 100% week 11. So again, a lot of that was at the end of the game. You could expect more Garrett Wilson as the year goes on. And look, the the Jets do not need, or Garrett Wilson per se, they don't need a quarterback who's going to light the world on fire. Like the Jets aren't like Mike White isn't Patrick Mahomes. They they just need a a wide excuse me a quarterback who could just get the damn ball into Garrett Wilson's hands because Garrett Wilson does all the hard work. The amount of separation he gets on his targets and I mean uh, on his routes is just absurd. And I mean you saw even the touchdown, the first touchdown. He made one cut and had like 12 yards of space. It was one of the easiest throws Mike White could have possibly made. And Mike White absolutely balled out, and Garrett Wilson was one of the big recipients of that ball out. So Garrett Wilson here, because I said on the pod, even though the Jets got dominated by the Patriots, I still like Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver three, and I'm still going to play him even after that uh, abysmal performance the prior week. And then I just had to throw an honorable mention in there of Zay Jones, because Zay Jones has been... I've said the name Zay Jones maybe more than any other player on <laughs> the on the uh, the Tuesday waiver pod, 
because which is he's, an exclusive for patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, because look, he's still exclusive. only 25% rostered on Yahoo. I say his name every like, single week because I say it doesn't make any sense and he needs to be higher rostered than that. And uh, he gets the targets, he gets the um, he gets the snap percentages, the route percentages, and he balled out this week. So shout out to Zay Jones for going a, a career high, I think, 145 receiving yards on 11 receptions. Yeah, and the 100% career conversion. high. The guy put up 23 half PPR fantasy points without a touchdown. Jeez. Yep. Fire. Um, I'm gonna go with my next one. My we saw that coming, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna look. I'm gonna give you a break, Matt, from your T Higgins propaganda to give you some T Higgins propaganda. That's right, T Higgins, baby. Uh, we saw that coming. Look, last week. All right. So here's where you have. There's three levels of breaking down this game. You got the first level, which is just the surface level. Um, I, I wouldn't say surface level. It's the level of who wins, who loses, who has the best team overall. And on that level, the Titans have a phenomenal defense. Uh, they had Before this week, they had the longest streak of teams not giving up over 20 points. Right, So they were a phenomenal defense playing very well. And then you got the second level which is fantasy, looking at it through fantasy. And in that one, they're a middle-of-the-pack defense. And then you have the third level. That's what we're trying to bring you guys, and that is points over average. And when you look at points over average, you saw that the Titans were the third best matchup for wide receivers despite being so good. The Titans have given up the third most most passing TDs in the NFL. Um, T. Higgins was coming off his high yardage against Pittsburgh. Uh, the Titans are the definition of a bend but don't break defense, like I said last time. And they bent for T. Higgins as Najee Harris runs in. The resurgence of Najee Harris the last couple of weeks has been, uh, he looks more spry on the field, I will say that. Uh, T. Higgins is my, we saw that coming, like we said, the Titans defense is one, is, is one of those defenses that, if you look at it from just a wins and losses perspective, it's one of the better defenses in the NFL. But if you look at it from, where you are looking at it from in the Fantasy Football Burberto app with the points over average and the true defensive matchup, uh, then you see the truth. And T. Higgins led you to the truth. All right. You can't handle the truth. Or you can. All you have to do is download a free app. True. Fantasy Football Burberto. All right. Let's, let's go into our uh, next one. It is a surprise, surprise. Like, you know, we, we like to pat ourselves on the back on the first one. But then right away, we got to tell you, some things we just, uh, you know, didn't see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. Michael, why don't you start us off on this one? Yeah, this guy, shout out to him, the uh, wily old veteran who we basically wrote off this past week with the emergence of TJ Hawkinson in their offense. And then Adam Thielen comes in against the Patriots, Yep, one of the better defenses in the league. Ten targets, nine receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver two performance for Thielen, one of the first times he's done that this season. I don't expect it to be like some uh, some consistent output now for Thielen in that range I still think he is uh he's on the down he's trending down in the fantasy world but it was nice to see him have this type of resurgent performance and to show that he uh he can still do this every once in a while despite his uh I mean really really bad three game stretch prior really really bad all right my second surprise surprise is DJ Moore you want more guess what DJ Moore had a great game over 100 yards oh, and a touchdown. I think I know where this one's going. And why is that? It's because the man, the myth, the legend, Sammy D with 165 gorgeous 
yards, a touchdown to DJ Moore, and a touchdown himself running it in. One of the most mm-hmm. underrated aspects of Sam Darnold's game is that he just rushes in touchdowns every time he plays. That is low-key true. He is a very underrated rusher. Sam I'll Darnold, give you that one. I will tell Finally, you this I'll right now. One to you. I'll tell you this right now. First of all, DJ Moore looking much more playable with Sam Darnold on the center than he than he was with Baker Mayfield. It's not even close. Number two, I think even after one game, because we have so much more evidence, we can put to bed that Baker Mayfield was ever better than Sam Darnold. We could just put that to bed. They're finally in the exact same circumstances, and you're going to see Sam Darnold ball out, and Baker Mayfield couldn't even outplay, what's his name, P.J. Walker. All right? Those guys don't belong in the same sentence, in my opinion. Second, I mean third of all, (laughs) this is the best offensive line Sam Darnold's ever had. So let's see what happens. Yeah, it's a good line. Let's see what happens. D.J. Moore, my surprise, surprise. Sam Darnold propaganda. Always. Yeah, at least you named DJ Moore and not Sam Darnold. You know what? It's, it's, it's a Trojan horse. It was really just a Trojan horse. I hardly talked about DJ Moore. Yeah, but you know. He looked good. I've gotten into your head enough where you didn't even choose Sam Darnold. <laughs> I'm, just sneak, I'm trying to sneak him into your head, Michael. <laughs> but by, the, by week 18 or week 17, I'm going to have Michael so brainwashed that he's going to be telling you to stream Sam Darnold uh, in your championship weeks. You watch. Simmer down, simmer down. Um, Matt, who's your first surprise? Surprise. I'm, you know, I'm gonna move my my second surprise surprise into my first slot because I, I want to get this one out of the way now that Mike mentioned uh, Garrett Wilson. Mine's Mike White. Uh, Mike White stepped in to ignite the Jets' offense and victory through for 325 yards, three touchdowns, 22 of 28 completions, despite playing in torrential downpour at MetLife Stadium. Um, probably the best waiver wire pickup of the week. <laughs> For sure. Um, he's going to finish in the top eight quarterbacks. He completed passes to 10 different receivers, supplied Garrett Wilson with a wide receiver one season, an alpha target share, peppered every other option evenly between two to three targets each, save for Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios, who each saw just one. Uh, most surprisingly, and certainly an honorable mention for the surprise, surprise category was the insane issuance of opportunities the Jets afforded undrafted rookie running back Sonovan Knight, who we were mentioning a little bit earlier. Uh, James Robinson was a healthy scratch. Michael Carter had to exit the game with an ankle injury, but even before Carter was forced to exit, Knight was getting a sizable workload um, inside, you know, what is now a makeshift committee of Jets running backs sans Brees Hall. I do believe there's an interesting narrative when you look up like backups in general, regardless of position and and quarterbacks that take over the starting role as a backup that surrounds kind of like another player that shares familiarity. Um, Meaning like, okay, so Zonovan Knight and Mike White share the same amount of practice squad snaps together. Like they are the scout team for the Jets defense. They are familiar with one another. I don't think it's a coincidence that we see that narrative happen so frequently when a backup quarterback takes the helm that another kind of practice squad level player gets a ridiculous increase in opportunity share that we certainly had never seen from Zoneman Knight anytime before. Um, Whatever the case, he saw 14 carries for a nice 69 yards, uh, 34 yards, 
receiving on catching all three targets. So across the 100-yard threshold, as Mike was saying, the only rookie to do that in their opening game this season. Here's a fun stat, though. Mike White's yardage, his completion percentage, his near-perfect quarterback rating of 149.3 against the Bears, that's higher than any single game total of Zach Wilson's entire career. He put up 25.8 fantasy points, supporting big days from Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore with two touchdowns for 63. Um, And, I mean, the Bears' offense on the other side crumbled without Justin Fields at the helm and the Jets offense excelled without Zach Wilson. And as the Jets fans are in the room, I think there's, you know, some unfair bias when it comes to Justin Fields as quote unquote, a good NFL quarterback. (laughs) Like we love Jalen hurts, right? We we love him as a fantasy asset. We think he's a successful quarterback. Obviously the Eagles built a roster to, to put him atop the division and atop the NFC or NFC in general. And he threw 16 for 28 with 153 yards and two touchdowns against the Packers, but it didn't matter because I had 157 yards on the ground and 17 rushes. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I just used Mike White as Justin Fields positive propaganda, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, Mike White had a really, really surprising performance in a Jets offense that hasn't really been able to put up passing numbers since Joe Flacco was under the helm. You want to show the wild Matt, Mike White, is the fifth QB ever in NFL history with multiple games of 300 passing yards and three touchdown passes in his first four starts. Uh, all right, guys. And he's the I first. A baller. And he's the first. <laughs> it's su- it's got to be surprising after you see, you know, flashes the first of Zach QB Wilson, ever. You see... Real quick, the first QB ever to have 300 passing yards and three passing touchdowns with a 75 percent completion percentage, multiple times in his first four career starts. <laughs> I mean, look, is my is Mike White the next Tom Brady? Maybe. Yes. But I will say this. I will say this. Potentially. Dude. Legit though. This defense is fucking atrocious. The Bears defense. The Elijah Moore touchdown. Should I have prefaced all of this with the fact that they played the Bears? Maybe. The <laughs> The Elijah Moore touchdown, bro. They had like a third string safety in and this guy did not move. Elijah Moore ran like a simple flag route. Like he didn't shake him. He didn't do anything. And the safety just did not move. Elijah Moore was wide open. The safety continued not to move. Like you, Michael could have made that throw. But behind the scenes, shout out to that is I might be listing Elijah Moore as a a buy low candidate now because people, I, I think that that kid is talented as all hell and is just, a prisoner of said talent. He's yeah. He'll probably be on uh, Michael's podcast tomorrow. Look, golf and golf and Mariota in the past two weeks, two hundred thirty six passing yards and like one hundred thirty passing yards. So they were getting run on a lot as well. I'm not. It's just it's not that easy to throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. No. Period. Yeah, that not. is a good point. It's like you can. That's kind of like you can put Madden on beginner and you still have to complete the passes, man. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, we'll see. This is going to be a huge test for Mike White against the Vikings this week. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Very excited for it. All right, my second dude. Or is this my first one? My first one. Uh, Mr. A.J. Dillon. No, this is my second one. Your second, yes. Uh, A.J. Dillon finally makes it, finally has himself a game. Uh, eight rush attempts, 64 yards, a rush touchdown, four targets, three receptions, 24 yards. Actually looked good. Got in the end zone. Had himself the game that you thought you were getting when you drafted him in the fifth or sixth round against the wishes of the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, The thing is that he who giveth taketh away. And 
you were just getting comfortable being like, like if you had AJ Dillon, you were probably holding on a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, tough matchup. Maybe I could play him against Detroit. Oh, he sucks against Detroit. Maybe I could play him again. And then all of a sudden he plays well, and now he gets Chicago next week. And now if he's on your roster, you have to actually think about playing him. You have to. And that's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So, like, that's why he's not in my stock up segment because I'd rather you have just sucked so we don't have to think about you. But now we have to think about you. I mean, it was about time that he had a semi-decent performance. I'll tell you that. It's week 12. Yeah, I mean, it was due. But it was definitely a surprise. Uh, uh, Michael, did you go twice? I'm all no, I have my second here. my second surprise surprise is someone I'm you're not gonna be going after really, but Josh Oliver. Isaiah likely was out. Josh Oliver stepped into the tight end two role, which was fruitful this week. Eighteen point eight percent target share, six targets on uh forty four snaps for Josh Oliver. He was second on the team in targets behind Mark Andrews, which is just a wild thing to say. In a revenge game against the Jaguars, the team that drafted him, went for seventy six yards and a touchdown. So I'm like I'm not saying go get uh, Josh Oliver by any up. means. Isaiah likely is likely going to return, and Josh Oliver but will once again be the reserve tight end. But I mean, Josh Oliver balled out against the Jaguars. My Matt, take us home, kid. Yeah, this one will be short and sweet. Brian Robinson, Washington Commanders rookie running back. Rob. Robinson had one of the coldest entrances in the history of professional sports when the commanders introduced him in week five to 50 cents many men. But that seemed to have foreshadowed an even colder streak of production <laughs> as he's failed to finish higher than RB15 over seven weeks of play after that. RB64, RB18, RB29, RB64 again, RB34, RB15, RB38 before finally breaking through against a lowly Falcons defense with an RB5 finish in week 12. He touted 18 carries for 105 yards. Um, Antonio Gibson only got nine rushing yards for 30 or nine rushing attempts rather for 32 yards. Saw similar work to Antonio Gibson in the receiving game. Um, His only touchdown came via the air, caught two passes on three targets for 29 yards and a score. Gibson had just 22 yards on three receptions. Their snap share was fairly close, uh, 48 to 42% split in favor of Robinson. So assuming a full takeover moving forward is unlikely, but seeing him swiftly surpass Gibson in every single facet of the box score was certainly surprising for me, considering the way that he had been playing for seven consecutive weeks. All right. That was short and sweet. It was very sweet. (laughs) Extra sweet. All right. uh, Speaking of extra sweet, let's get into these guys whose stock is up, whose stock is on the rise. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. One of the guys that we were telling you, uh, if we were looking, I think Michael was the one that brought it up on the podcast. If you look at the upcoming strength of schedule on the uh, on the true matchup ranking tool, in my opinion, are my my favorite tool. Uh, not only does it give you the true matchup rank of every team, and the the uh, and you could also see it by like overall teams, like uh, first place, second place, third place, fourth place. It also gives you the upcoming strength of schedule. And one thing that we pointed out to you guys is that Justin Herbert had an upcoming strength of schedule that was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. And one of those things, and it really started with Kansas City in Week 11. 
And it's two weeks into that stretch right now. And he has 20.2 points in the first one. And last yesterday, he puts up 28.75 fantasy points uh, in in the scoring system that we're at. So we're anywhere around 30 fantasy points, which is a big game uh, for quarterbacks. I believe the quarterback two on the week right now, or or even possibly the quarterback one. Uh, I have to double-check that. But it, the streak continues, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the next three weeks, you get Las Vegas, juicy. Miami, juicy. Tennessee, juicy. Uh, these are matchups that... Overall, uh, for the rest of the remaining for the remainder of the season, the Chargers have the best strength of schedule for quarterbacks, and it's not even close. And one of the things is is right now, if you have Justin Herbert, if Justin Herbert is on your your team, you you've waited it out, or you acquired him. That's like M- Michael. I think it was Michael who brought it up. Um, I I tried like gangbusters to get him in my home league. Got him. Very happy that I did, and. If you look at his upcoming schedule, uh, it's also, let's take a look at the other quarterbacks who have schedules that are close. Pittsburgh is second. So the Chargers have uh, 25 point, 20, around 25% point, uh, percent points above average to the quarterback position. Uh, Pittsburgh, who's second with 19.6, and then Denver. So Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, no one's really going to be able to take advantage of that. And you have Denver. You're not starting Russell Wilson. Garbage. Then you have San Francisco, who, if you're starting Jimmy, God, well, yeah, if you're starting Jimmy G every week, you're probably not in a good spot. Stream almost any week, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a streamer guy still. And then you got Jacksonville, who you mentioned, Trevor Lawrence, right? But still streamer territory. But he's probably going to be. Uh, oh, he should be in the running every week at this right. point. So then you got Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, who's probably already starting. And then after those, after Trevor Lawrence and Geno Smith, you have Atlanta. You're not starting Marcus Mariota. You have Carolina, Sam Darnold, Las Vegas. The other quarterbacks who are have been elite this season so far have hard schedules. So not only is Justin Herbert in a position where you can get him with the easiest strength of schedule, you can get him with the easiest strength of schedule by far against your opponents that have been dominating the quarterback position. So it's it could be a big advantage going going forward. Um so if you have Justin Herbert, I think his stock is way up right now. Herbie fully of, loaded. Because of what he's looking at. And not to mention I didn't even mention the fact that uh he, both of these games that he's been good, Keenan Allen's been back. So Keenan Allen uh obviously makes a huge difference and he's looked good now. Um you can guess he's kind of back. Right, he said he's not going to go until he's 100 back. I'm hoping that he's back. Let's let's see. I mean, he had an 83 percent, 83.9% snap share and led the team in route percentage. So I, I think he's back. <laughs> yeah, they did not waste any time. Uh, so yeah, that was my long winded. So you last Matt was short and sweet. Thank you for doing that because that was long <laughs> and hard. Yeah, no problem, man. I got your back. Uh, Michael, who you got? My first stock up is Christian. Watson. Look, Christian Watson in Week 10 playing alongside Dude. Alan Lazard um, had eight targets to Lazard's four. In Week 11, he uh, had six targets to Lazard's 11, and then that reverted back in Week 12. Six targets to Lazard's three. A 24% target share for Christian Watson. Played a career-high 92% of snaps. It was the first time that he was on the field for, I believe it was every single uh, two-wide receiver set as well 
for the Green Bay Packers, and he just continued to do what Christian Watson has done since week 10. Um, even when Jordan Love came in, that's when he caught his long touchdown. It was just like a, you know, he ran across the middle for what should have been like a 10 to 15 yard gain. And then he just ran past everybody and showcased his speed that made him such a, uh, such a high prospect for I some, mean, he, uh, he, he does run a legit four, three and is six, four. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah, and like once he catches the ball, he's had some issues with drops. So once he catches the ball, he's off to the races. And uh, he had another game this week where 20 fantasy points. Like this is three straight weeks where he's been a top 15 wide receiver now. And uh, I mean, the if you have Christian Watson, a week 14 buy sucks. But otherwise, you get the Bears, whose defense has been crumbling. The Rams, who is crum- who are crumbling. The Dolphins, which has shoot up potential, and the Vikings, which doesn't have a, a scary, um, a Rant, scary cornerback to play Donald off against. Now too. Yeah, and Aaron Donald, high ankle sprain, is going to be out. So, yeah, Christian Watson, outside of that buy, stock is certainly up, and he's looking like he, uh, shockingly, could be like a, a solid top twenty type wide receiver rest of season. I mean, no disrespect by this, but Aaron Donald. Uh, I don't know about this ankle injury, to be honest. I think that the Rams are just kind of like... Me too. They're just kind of like resting, guys. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like, oh... I don't blame them. Aaron, how's that ankle? No, not good. You're out for the season. Um, But yeah, but yeah, I don't, don't want to speculate. I don't want to speculate like that or anything. Maybe I would never do that. Maybe speculate. Uh, Matt, who's your... Uh, man, RIP Alan Lazard. Uh, who's your first... Well, I'm going to be talking about Alan Lazard. Same yeah, same. I know. Uh, who's your first, Matt? Who's your first stock? Miles Sanders, man. Ooh-hoo. Miles Sanders. What can I miles. say? Like every, every single time the Eagles are put in a game script where Sanders gets a workhorse opportunity share or even just like an above average opportunity share, the kid produces elite stat lines. His entire career, he's done this. But the Eagles' usage of their lead back has really driven his stock down over the past few ga- over the past few weeks month <laughs> after an rb11 outing against the hapless texans where sanders failed to really meet his ceiling you know you're talking about rb11 against the team that allows the most rushing yards per game he posted an rb40 finish against the commanders and an rb37 outing against the colts two solid but exploitable defenses now he's coming off a 31 point ppr performance uh, against the packers in week 12 where he rushed 21 times 143 yards two touchdowns added a nice little three reception boost in ppr for an additional 70 or 17 wow that would have been awesome uh, 17 yards through the air rather honestly sanders could have had a lot more too as you know kenneth gainwell vultured a walk-in touchdown inside the five yard line on the eagles first possession yeah. he f- from a dynasty perspective too like He's set to become a free agent at the end of the season. Similar scenario to Josh Jacobs, and both of their values are far, even Sanders being a little disappointing, both of their values are far exceeding where their entry of cost of acquisition were was in startups. Um, he's young. He's talented. He's capable of dominating a backfield when given the opportunity. He's literally quite got literally got like a hundred percent hit rate when he's been given over seventy percent of the touches of being a top twelve running back in his career. I honestly believe Sanders will be one of the first big names to fall in free agency too this offseason. And currently his stock is absolutely on the rise after showcasing why he should indeed be one of the first names to fall in free agency this offseason. Miles Sanders is good, man. You when you watch him on the play, you're just like, damn, that guy's fucking good I mean, Booby, we said it. exactly Booby's like a great nfl running back and it's his backfield or nobody's whenever 
you know, it just means that they're not using any running back effectively when he's not getting the opportunity share that turns him into the monster we know he's capable of. Yeah, we said on the uh, the extravaganza Thursday Thanksgiving podcast that Miles Sanders has been trending down because he just hasn't been getting touches or receiving work. And he's always it's always been a matter of volume, not efficiency. And he got massive volume this week and for good reason, because he absolutely balled out with the volume that he received. Speaking of getting value, my uh, second stock up is Traylon Burks, rookie wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Ties for the team lead in target share yet again. Uh, Led the team in target share last week. Had a big game. Uh, Now, was it a clean game? No, because one of them was a fumble uh, recovery touchdown that he just. Yeah, but I got to interrupt you for it. A yeah. second on that because one thing that has kept Traylon Burks in the doghouse and his opportunity share limited this entire season is Mike Vrabel has called out his conditioning and his hustle. That play makes Mike Vrabel hard, bro. Mike Vrabel sees that, doesn't care that Derrick Henry fumble and just sees a monster in Traylon Burks sprinting 44 yards down the field to pick up a play that he should have probably been out of in the first place because he was running a decoy route. Like, that's the type of thing that gets you in the goods with your coaches, man. Mm, it's a good point. Uh, and even if he didn't catch that because he didn't get any receiving yards for that, uh, four catches on six targets for 70 receiving yards. Uh, this is after having a seven-catch, 111-yard receiving day the, the, the game before. Uh, even in his, in his game before that, he didn't put up great numbers against Dallas, but he had six targets. This is a guy who's going to get the target share. And this is a guy who is going to be the recipient of those patented Ryan Tannehill play action passes when they do come. So I think that Traylon Burks is a guy that, despite the fact that his upcoming schedule is not um, is not the greatest. Let's say that you were starting like Alan Lazard as your wide receiver three, or you're starting Darnell Mooney as your wide receiver oh, three. Burks. Like I, I would have no problem pivoting to Traylon Burks at this point in that wide receiver three spot because I think he does have. Um, he has a really nice chance to produce and be the number one guy. Like there was a, a sore spot in this offense and they needed a number one guy. When he came back from injury, he would, he has been filling that role. So I expect him to continue doing that. So Traylon Burks is definitely on the rise in my eyes. Uh, hashtag eyes. bars. Uh, Michael, who's your, uh, who's your second stock up, bro? My second stock up. I went with a, um, Two different usurpings that are currently happening. Usurping. I started with Christian Watson. Good word use. You'll see what I'm talking about when I get to the stock down. And now I'm transferring over to Chris Godwin, who just saw 13 targets on a 30% target share um, prior to week 12. He had he was on bye. And then in week 10, he also led the team in targets with a 27% target share in week 10 and then in week nine had 10 targets even though that was the only game he was out targeted by Mike Evans but a 92 percent snap share I was questioning Chris Godwin earlier this season it seemed like he was getting the work but he just didn't have that explosiveness that we've come to know from Chris Godwin and that has turned around over these past couple contests against the Seahawks he went six for 71 and a touchdown and now this past week against Cleveland Looked like the clear best option in that passing game on 13 targets, went 12 for 110 and a touchdown. Look, the Buccaneers' offense isn't what it once was, but they're still able to put up points. They get decent matchups all the way through um, the rest of the season, which bodes well for Chris Godwin as well. So Chris Godwin's looking like he's finally getting healthier and healthier um, as the season progresses, which is good news if you have him and you're in the playoffs. 
and you're in a playoff spot because Chris Godwin isn't someone who likely helped you get into the playoffs if you're a fantasy team. Well, we still got two more weeks left, but like he didn't score. He he missed two weeks due to injury. He only scored double digit points once in his first six games. Like he's not someone who's actively helping your fantasy team. Um, but these past several weeks he has been, and I think that's going to continue throughout the rest of the season. I he's that's another guy that we were telling you guys, hey, this is a uh, this is a guy that you should probably target because he's getting the targets, he's just not getting the touchdowns, and here he is getting touchdowns, and it is it is crazy, man. Like if you think about fantasy football, although although there are some giant divisions, it's like the really the difference is six points. If someone puts a touchdown or two touchdowns on the board, six points, that's a giant chunk of points that if you're not getting those, it's it's obvious. Um, yeah. Uh, this just in players who don't score touchdowns are worse at fantasy. Let's what? get into <laughs> our stock down players that definitely don't score touchdown. Gosh, mom. Wait, the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The traders are standing there watching in amazement. And I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Matt, did Tim skip you? No. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah see, I knew it. Stock down, Classic Tim. Tim. Stock down, Tim's hosting abilities. Well, I just missed that like Kenny Pickett just missed George Pickens on a wide open. George Pickens put the shakes on the defensive back, and Pickett just missed him in the back of the end zone. Disgusting. I was just, I was just here like, hmm, who is, who is yeah. Matt's second stock? You know, I'll, I'll, do the, I'll, I'll, do the, I'll do the fans a favor, and I'll, I'll be sh- short and sweet again with my second stock up and I'll, I'll do a double header into stock down. Hey, so that's that a, you know what this this man right here isn't wasted. <laughs> yeah, thank you for uh thank you for uh, cleaning what up a my guy. act. Go ahead, Matt. So, so duh, Bears. Uh stock ah, up bears. David Montgomery, man. It, the absence of Khalil Herbert, which is this sentence is even hilarious enough to say, but you guys know that I love Khalil and he's certainly a phenomenal talent, but the absence of Khalil Herbert has really opened up the window for David Montgomery to repeat his ridiculously nonsensical back half season stretches and RB one that he always seems to get away with every single year. For real. Herbert was, Herbert was quite literally out producing Monty on every single touch, every single snap, every single carry reception, but the bears just refused to allow a full takeover the backfield. And you know, for good reason, Khalil Herbert's an undersized back and they were concerned that he would be able to maintain even a 50, 50 workload in a committee. And, and now he's out on injured reserve. So, you know, Mon- Montgomery just continued to plod his way to meaningless production as the two shared work in that committee. Now with no Herbert, Monty's had over 14 PPR points in consecutive contests, posted 21.1 in week 11, 14.3 against the Jets last week, despite the Bears offense being absolutely anemic in a downpour against a really, really good Jets defense. Montgomery has had a True three down work rate and two game window since the Bears placed Herbert on injured reserve. Uh, 74% snap share, 77.4% backfield rushing share, 17.5% target share, which is very respectable. The Bears have also the second best remaining strength of schedule for running backs this season with their opponents allowing a combined points over average of 8.8% to the position. And like the little clockwork cockroach, <laughs> the clockwork cockroach that Montgomery is, somehow he's going to survive the dreaded early season slump that he could barely maintain low end RB two production and finishes one of the top scorers overall in the final weeks. And I think the last two weeks are signal up enough of his stock down 
now or stock up now <laughs> into stock down somebody that's had exactly the opposite outcome of david montgomery pretty easy segue there the honeymoon phase for damian pierce and his starry-eyed fantasy managers has finally worn off now yeah. we're entering the marriage phase and that's that phase where you loathe and hate every annoyingly inefficient move that they make but you can't escape it because you've invested way too much <sighs> of your time money reputation into upholding a falsified narrative of, of success like pierce is just starting it's starting to become abs- like unstartable. He's unstartable. I'm not saying drop territory because we've seen high enough upside. I think that you kind of need to keep him on your rosters, but it's certainly matchup dependent. It's certainly game script dependent. And as the Texans continue to struggle along and start Kyle Allen at quarterback, it's looking really, really bad for the kid. Now he started off the season, making all of his detractors look like geniuses posting RB 53 performance in his first outing, then RB 29 performance in week two. And then he caught fire RB nine, RB five, RB11 uh, in three consecutive weeks from week three to five. Since then, zero weeks as RB1. His highest finish came as RB13 in week nine, bookended by an RB49 finish this past week against the Dolphins. And in that span, RB18, RB20, RB13, RB19, 45 and 49 in back-to-back weeks. And trust me, it's not from a lack of opportunity share. Through 11 games, 67.2% snap share, an absurd 86.1% rushing share, which is top three in the league. And a middling, but... Decent enough, 9.8% target share, which lifts his team total opportunity share just under 75%, which is also top 10 in the league. So those early season victory laps are certainly coming around winded and wheezing as we uh, reach the final stretch of the fantasy season. The guy's 15 carries for 16 yards over the last two weeks. Yeah, like what are we even doing here? When, When I said I would rather Rashad White in Dynasty over Damian Pierce. Like, I may have taken an L on what was an increased window of selling opportunity for Damian Pierce. I will admit that. But there's no denying on who has more upside for fantasy. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, hard to argue that. Uh, Especially because, I mean, the reason why we told you to stay away from Damian Pierce was specifically for this reason. Because... For this, what, like 10-week stretch now? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, he had, yes, he had some good games in the beginning, but <laughs> it's hard to maintain success on a, on a team like this. Uh, the, the Texans are one of the worst teams. Like they, They're one of the teams where it's like, would they lose to the best college team? And you have to consider the maybe. Especially. No. Yeah, man, <laughs> no, come on. They absolutely wouldn't. Tim no, if that, if that spread was 46.5 points, you should put your house on the Texans. But that I hate said, people like you. Bro, if if you They're, put who's the best quarterback prospect in the in the league, the Al- Alabama kid. If you put not if Caleb you put, Williams. all right, fine. You put you put him against Kyle Allen in the Texans. They don't stand a chance. Tim, stop it. Just no, stop it's it. the speed of the game, man. Most of those kids, you would ha- literally need every single first round. George Pickens said, of like the next. George Pickens said the defense it, at. Okay, that uh, Georgia, Georgia defense could <laughs> last year, yeah. All right. That, so I he mean, said the defense they, Georgia was so like, good that it, the practices were harder than the NFL. I, I don't deny that. That Georgia defense legitimately is better than most of the Texans' defensive front right now. I mean, they did literally have eight picks in the first two rounds. So, Speaking of Georgia, my first stock down is DeAndre Swift. Um now, this is a stock down that could shady be like uh like one of those stocks where it plummets oh, but, but then you can buy in and get like kind of mid-range production out of it. I think that so there was this narrative that I was kind of maybe selling where 
Uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, they kept him. They, they're keeping his snap count low because they want him to get healthy. Want, they want him to get back. Uh, and there's a chance that he plays a lot in this game. And uh, although he did not play nothing, he did not play a lot. 34% of the snaps. Jamal Williams still leading the way. Justin Jackson inexplicably getting 25% of the snaps uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Jamal Williams is obviously the main rushing running back. He got 66% of the carries. The one thing you can say about DeAndre Swift is get eight targets in this game. Eight targets is nothing to scoff at. But the reason why it's stocked down even though we got eight targets is because if you drafted DeAndre Swift and then you waited for him to come back from injury, you were expecting a workhorse type, three down type running back. And if all you're getting is like the Naheem Hinesification of of DeAndre Swift, man, that sucks. With that being said, if there's a manager who is disenfranchised and you could somehow pry him away if there's wasn't any trade deadline in your league or something like that, I think he's a great buy low candidate while his stock is down because he's obviously still talented when you watch him. He didn't lose a step or anything like that. Uh, he did get targeted eight times. He can maybe be Naheem Hines-ish on steroids for you. A James nice White. flex play. Right, James White ish, exactly. That's a better example than Hines. Yeah, for sure. So, a, a James, I don't know. James White was a very, very good player out of that backfield. I don't know. James like, White was legit an RB one. Yeah, man. James <laughs> White was next he level, dude. Twelve receptions a game at some point. Yeah. I drafted James White probably like six years in a row in the home league. He was just James White was my flex player. Um, but with that being said, it was amazing too. And with that, but with that being said, I think uh, yeah, stock down for Mr. DeAndre Swift, but maybe one Agreed. of those stocks that you can uh, salvage. Short that stock, yeah. yeah. Uh, stock down, uh, Michael. Who's your first stock down? My first stock down is a guy who looks slow and old at this point. Um, pretty shocking for me. I didn't expect this type of. I didn't expect this to happen. But guys, if I asked you how many receptions Mike Evans has over the last three weeks. On 26 targets, how many receptions do you think he would have on 26 targets from know, Tom Brady? I seven. The, I know the answer to this question. Well, se- not seven. Seven of 26 is atrocious. But <laughs> I know the answer. I'm not going to answer. How do you know the answer? I heard it earlier on SportsCenter. Someone said it on SportsCenter? I should uh, be on SportsCenter. They should many, hire me. How many How many? So how many? catches? Thir- is it 13? It's 12. No, there you go. 12 catches, guys. SportsCenter. This this week against Cleveland, he saw nine targets, went two for 31. He has not surpassed 7.9 half PPR fantasy points since week eight. He has one blow-up game this entire season, and that's it. Otherwise, he's been a wide receiver three at best. Like, Mike Evans has not been Mike Evans this season. He has 51 receptions, 700 yards, and three touchdowns. And we're heading into week 13. Typically, this is a guy who's a shoo-in for... A thousand yards. He's a shoe in for ten plus touchdowns, and it's just that's not the way it's been going. And now he gets Marshawn Lattimore this week, who locks him down every single time they play against each other. So if I have Mike Evans, I'd be shook for this coming week against the Saints. And just overall, Chris Godwin, who is my stock up, like I said, he's been usurped. Mike Evans as the leading receiver on that team. Um, Chris Godwin's been getting healthier and looking better, while Mike Evans has just been dwindling looking slow and old and just not connecting with Tom Brady like he did last season man I I disagree with the slow and old because 
every single he's always been slow i mean but every <laughs> it's that's why i think the production is so weird because every single pass that tom brady's throwing to him is a 25 yard go route like he's missing the same route all the time but i mean they they used to connect on these routes I don't know. I, I, I watch these Tampa Bay games, and Mike Evans just doesn't look like Mike Evans to me. Mm. Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. Mike, you were good to us. Uh, let's go to Matt. Finish us off, kid. Lamar Jackson. It's mm. it's stuck down Ooh, still. This one, and... this one has to hurt for you, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I'm in, I'm quite literally invested into his MVP season this year, and it's just not been that. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's put together some good games recently, and but not the games that we paid for. Uh, the perilous plunge down the product productivity ladder for Lamar continued, in my opinion, throughout the Week 12 matchup against what was thought to be an easily exploitable uh, defense in the Jaguars. He did put up uh, the team best... Uh, in rushing 14 attempts or yeah, for 89 yards, he completed just 16 passes, um, 32 pass attempts, 254 yards, one touchdown. It's just not the top QB three ADP that we had invested in. Yeah. It's worth noting that after week 12, the Ravens receivers officially lead the NFL and drop passes in the end zone and drop passes in the red zone. Oof. So, I mean, that's gotta be fun for Lamar to witness on a weekly basis, his points just go down the drain, both on the real life scoreboard. And obviously his fantasy managers have to watch those points dissipate in their lineups. And people are saying, obviously going to have some pushback here saying his stock is truly down. He's finished as a QB one in the top 12, three of his last four games. He's QB five on the season overall, but he's also had four consecutive games outside of the top 12 with two games outside of the top 20 in that stretch this season. And we're 12 weeks in a 2022-2023 season. And a five-point-per-game gap separates Lamar from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes because they're scoring, like, within half a point of each other. That's a a four-point-per-game gap separates him from Jalen Hurts, who is obviously drafted much later than Jackson in both 1QB and Superflex Dynasty startups. Uh, and I mean, speaking of drafted later, he's averaging less than half a point more per game than Kyler Murray and Tua and less than three points per game more than Geno Smith. Interestingly enough, everybody on that list for like from a dynasty perspective, everybody on that list, save for Geno is not only outperforming or staying in par with him, but actually have solidified contracts with their franchises and are younger than Lamar Jackson. So you know, shout out to my guy, Kevin Coleman. We recently did a dynasty startup mock um, with some heavy hitters, and he kindly asked me to join as a little fish in the big pond. But he was breaking down the draft in one of his videos afterwards on YouTube. Um, and Lamar went 1-3, and Kevin rightfully asked, in my opinion, if that was still a wise pick. At that range, you're essentially backing yourself into a corner. You're drafting him at a ceiling. Now, he's certainly not shown a top three quarterback production this year and he certainly has a convoluted dynasty outlook past 2023 so by no means is he old or an asset that you should discount past the top i don't know six to eight options in super flex startups or one qb leagues but to say that he is paid off at his cost or is even insulated by that cost value moving forward i think is ludicrous interesting very interesting, Matt. Um, 
It's it's interesting to hear you talk about the possible demise of Lamar well, Jackson. Not demise, he, but you know, he, just like the uh, without it's as not much. Even really a demise. There's just uh, there's two other quarterbacks that present a very similar upside. You know, he's only he's scoring. 1.7 points more per game than Justin Fields. Fewer points per game than Jalen Hurts, who present similar upside from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. And you can get those guys now, obviously, at an increased cost, a similar price. But as I stated in that startup, still cheaper than Lamar. And they have even more room to grow in value, where his value is now stagnant and declining. It's Yeah, it's tough to talk about, but it's also... Just the matter of the fact, until he starts producing at that legitimate game-changing level and we know what his contract outlook is, it's hard to invest those top six picks in him. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, speaking of investing, this has nothing to do with it. My last guy is Taysom Hill. <laughs> um, look, everyone got super horny when they were like, oh, yeah, Taysom Hill, we're going to use him more. And then they started passing, and then they started <laughs> – they threw him a fade in the end Mike zone. Mike tried to warn me. <laughs> Bro, this guy, Taysom Hill, who's supposed to be a cheat code in the tight end slot, has not scored over eight half PPR per fantasy points uh, since week eight. It's week 12. Um, and he's only had, since his week five blow-up game against Seattle, he has not scored more than 9.62 points. And not for nothing, 9.62 points against Arizona, like, you probably help their points over average, which they're horrible in points over average. They're like the second or third best matchup for tight ends. Um, I mean, you can't start this guy at this point. Like, it's really, like, it's, it's not Taysom's fault. It's there's, there's so many things this year that prove that Dennis Allen is not Sean Payton, and the usage of, of Taysom Hill might be the number one, like, artifact to the fact that it's the constant reminder that De that Dennis Allen is not Sean Payton. Yeah, and, uh, that's a good point. And it's just like the, you know, the, so these guys are just not made of the same cloth. And this is it. It's it's because it's it's this kind of stuff. Uh, with that being said, yeah, I'm moving on from Taysom Hill. I can't take it anymore. Michael, finish us off. The final usurped wide receiver here is Alan Lazard. Alan oh, Lazard, um, since Christian Watson. Facts came through and started tearing it up in week 10. Uh, Christian Watson has started to play even or more than Alan Lazard over the past three weeks, and during that time, Alan Lazard has scored six fantasy points. This is half PPR, 8.2 and 3.4. Prior to that, he didn't have a single... He didn't have a single two-game stretch with less than um, double-digit fantasy points. He actually has scored his three lowest totals of the season over the past three weeks, even in that Tennessee matchup two weeks ago where he saw 11 targets. So this is a terrible time for Alan Lazard to start dwindling down, but even this past week, Randall Cobb saw one more target than Alan Lazard on 45% of the snaps, even though Lazard played every single snap. Not ideal. Now Aaron Rodgers might be dealing with an injury. Um, the Packers get a bye in week 14, as I mentioned earlier with Christian Watson. Look, if Alan Lazard isn't going to be the... He has zero touchdowns over the stretch, but Christian Watson has six. Like, if Alan Lazard isn't going to be the main red zone weapon and isn't going to lead this team in targets, he is going to be much, much riskier than he was in the beginning of the year when he was basically a lock for leading the team in targets and two or three red zone targets at the very least every single week. And that's uh, slowly but surely dwindling now that Christian Watson has arrived.
Yo, Matt, Michael, can I, uh, can I, look, I'm not, I'm just not going to talk to you guys for a second. I'm just, I'm not talking to you guys. You know what I'm talking to? I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's right. Talking to you. The people? I know. I know. You drafted Alan Lazard. You told all your friends that it was going to be a good pick. You know what? You were right. Alan Lazard was a good pick. I could, I could tell you, I, I was one of those guys. He was a good pick. You could sleep easy. I was going to say, you're talking to yourself. You could sleep yeah, easy, guys. I didn't like Lazard. You could, <laughs> shh, shh. Doesn't matter if you didn't like Lazard because the bottom line is you liked him. You. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You liked him and you drafted him and he's been good for you. Don't let that love, don't let that love keep you there. Sometimes if you love something, you got to let it go. How are right. those MVS shares doing? Right now, what, what that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, you got to let go. Just gotta let go, man. It's all right. You could do it. Don't like let him go. Still rosterable. Don't get me wrong. Take him out of the lineup. You could do it. Trust me. Do it. Done. All right. Yeah, I'm done now. Sorry, that guys. Ends the episode. What were you guys saying? Right? What were you guys saying? I think we're done. Oh, that was a good memoriam. Um, yo, Matt. Let me ask you a question. Where can people yeah, Where can people ahead, find buddy. you in uh, on Twitter? They can find me at PsychWardFF. Schmeichel. At BrotoFFMike. At BrotoFFTim. At BrotoFFCasanova. At BrotoFFJason. At BrotoFantasy. At FFByBroto. Fantasy, BrotoFantasy.com. The Fantasy Football by Broto app. YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy. OnlyFans.com slash BrotoFantasy. Hey, yo. Coming soon. Patreon. Michael shows his feet. Get it, Tim. Slash Broto. Coming Fantasy. soon. All right, so it was just it was just Thanksgiving. Only fans, bro. It was just Thanksgiving. Oh, I got to ask this. I got to ask this. I got to ask this. Favorite part of the Thanksgiving feast. But, 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 can't say turkey. That's a good question. And you can't say ham. Man, I like Coleslaw. Coleslaw. Interesting. Facts. Coleslaw. I might have to go stuffing. Yep. Shredded stuffing. cabbage and carrots with dressing. Yeah. Dude, my... Hold on. I don't, I don't get to... Some thinly diced to, onions in there. I don't get to answer this? I was going to say my, my girlfriend's mom makes like a cabbage salad. It's not like a coleslaw. It's more like a... It's like a Greek version of a coleslaw. It's more just like lemon juice and a lot of olive oil. And it's tremendous. Every time she makes it, I eat yeah. an entire bowl. You, cabbage if, is the best thing. Whatever you do. cover in, uh, in olive oil, it just makes it scrumptious. Yeah.